Welcome to the Heartland Community Church Podcast, a podcast designed to help you in your personal spiritual growth. In this podcast, Steve Carter's message is titled, Making Space for Both. Welcome to Mother's Day weekend here at Heartland. Steve Carter here, and I just want to say right from the top, thank you to all of you who have just nurtured to all of the mothers, the grandmas, the aunties, the coaches, the teachers, all of these profound examples of what it means to nurture, to empower, encourage, and call out the best. I gotta be honest though, I really feel that Mother's Day weekend is the ultimate both and. Uh, And this is what I mean. I feel like in Amazon language, you you really either have like five stars, like Mother's Day is like the best of the best of the best, or it's a one-star weekend. It just triggers so much sadness and grief. I, I remember I experienced this a number of years ago. I was standing in the lobby after a Mother's Day service, and a whole bunch of people just started coming up to me. One person came up with her husband and they said, can we tell you a secret? I was like, sure. We're having twins. Now, they they hadn't had any kids. They went from a family of two to about to be a family of four. And the wife was so excited. And I look at the husband's face and he's scared out of his mind. Another person comes forward and they said, Steve, I had to walk out midway through the service. I said, why? I said, this is the first year I'm having to cope with the loss of the greatest woman in my life, my mother. The way that she empowered me, poured into me. She was a pillar. And I can't imagine what life is like without her. This has just been so, so hard. Another person comes forward and and, and they're standing there telling me that in six weeks, They're going to go overseas because their adoption had just been finalized and they were going to meet their daughter for the very first time. Another person comes forward and and begins to tell me, and this person's older, tell me how sad this weekend is because it always makes them remember losing a child. Another person comes forward and they're just filled with delight. After years and years and years of trying to get pregnant, they share with me that next year is going to be their first Mother's Day with a newborn. And their parents are with them. And they're even more ecstatic to be grandparents. And you can just feel all the hope and desires, dreams and expectations in this new family. And I kid you not, the person right after them said, I so badly want to be that. I have my hopes, I have my desires, I have my dreams. But my expectations have been unmet. After years and years of my husband and I trying to get pregnant, years and years of treatment, it just hasn't happened. 
And it's just brought up all of these difficult questions. And I remember just sitting and praying and walking to my car. And as I was walking in the parking lot, I just felt like a ping pong ball, just going back and forth, celebrating and weeping. And I was reminded of what Paul wrote to the church in Rome when he talks about what love and action looks like when he says we are to rejoice with those who rejoice and we are to mourn with those who mourn. And friends, that's what this weekend invites us into. To rejoice, to show honor, to celebrate the nurturers in our story and to mourn to grieve and to weep and sit with our sisters and brothers who are wrestling with a lot of sadness because of what this weekend conjures up. So I want to talk about that. I want to talk about it in a real honest and human way. I want want us to dive into the scriptures. I want us to see how Jesus responds. I I want us to learn. But if you're feeling really, really excited or really, really heavy, I just want you to know you're welcome. You're welcome here. You're welcome to sit here. And I'm praying that these words will give you the space and the freedom to receive wherever you are. Five stars or one stars, wherever you are. Let's start with our friends who are grieving. I'm reminded in the book of John, Jesus is on the cross. And while he's on the cross, before he takes his last breath, he says some words. Look what it says, John 19, verse 25. Near the cross of Jesus stood his mother, his mother's sister, Mary, the wife of Clopas, and Mary Magdalene. When Jesus saw, he sees his mother there and the disciple whom he loved, which is how John refers to himself. He's not Peter or Andrew. He's not Judas. He's the disciple whom Jesus loved, which I I just so appreciate. Standing nearby, he said to her, Woman, here is your son. He's not referring to himself. He's he's referring to John, the disciple whom Jesus loved. And to that disciple, John, here is your mother. From that time on, the disciple took her into his home. Here's what I want you to see. Jesus on the cross, about to breathe his last, sees his mom and knows unfair loss, unmet expectation is going to happen. And he asks one of his disciples, to be the son, to take care of his mother as he prepares to die for humanity. And I think this is really, really beautiful because Jesus, even on the cross, is thinking about the moms. My grandma, she's in her 90s, lives in Michigan, and... She lost the three most important men in her life. She lost her husband almost a a decade ago. She lost her oldest son 40 plus years ago. And she lost her youngest son, my dad, 
a year ago. I can't imagine what it must be like for a mother to have to bury a loved one, bury a spouse, to bury a child. And Jesus on the cross sees the grief that is about to come. And I think really instructs us as the church, if we're going to mourn with those who mourn, then we have to be and have to see and have to step in and be with those grieving mothers. I know for some of you, you might be saying like, I don't know what to say. I don't know what to do. Can I remind you? Can I remind you of two specific truths? The first truth is this. People often don't remember what you said. They just remember that you were there and that you called. People don't forget that. In moments of crisis, people remember who showed up. People who remember. People remember who made the call. Don't put so much pressure on saying it perfectly. Sometimes when I don't know what to say, I just say, I don't know what to say. I just want you to know I see you, I love you, and I'm here for prayer. I'm here if you need to vent. I'm here if you just need me to sit and be with you. I'm here. The second truth is that God's son had two names. Jesus, what we know is Yeshua, which means God is mighty to save, and also Emmanuel, which means God with us. And the invitation for us is to embody and help remind people of God's nearness, that God is with them and God is for them. And when we don't pick up the phone, when we don't write the letter, when we don't sit with our friends in crisis, then it can become easier for them to believe that God isn't with them. And I never want my friends to experience that. Growing up, Mother's Day for, for me, my dad would wake me up early. We'd go down to the kitchen. We'd make some, some pancakes. We, we'd make some tea. We, we'd have like a little flower and a little note and card. And we'd, we'd bring it up and it'd be breakfast in bed. It was a joyful time. But also my childhood was filled with loss. My mom lost seven kids. Six to miscarriage. She lost two sets of twins. I remember vividly being in the bedroom and kind of excited about having siblings. And I heard my mom say my water broke. And, and I, I was looking for a cup or a glass that had broke and spilled water. I was going to help my mom and clean it up because she was pregnant. And my dad came rushing in and a couple of days later, I, I came to realize I wasn't going to have any siblings. And so for Mother's Day in our family, there was the both and. The joy and the wonderment of what could have been. Friends, if you're in that place, first hear my heart, my pastor's heart say, I'm sorry. But secondly, I want you to know that we want to be the kind of church that sees you, makes space for your grief and your sadness, and lets you know that we're here. And maybe even if you're tuning in, you just need prayer. You just need to even write that in the comment section. 
Maybe, maybe if you're, you're just tuning in and, and you're sitting, you just gotta, gotta say, man, maybe you need to reach out to, to a family member. Or maybe you know a friend or a family member who has experienced loss and sadness. Would you please this weekend make the call? Let them know that you remember and that you see them and that you give the space for them to grieve. Because that's what the text teaches us, to mourn with those who mourn. But it also teaches us to rejoice with those who rejoice. And Mother's Day is a weekend where we get to rejoice and celebrate the ways in which the grandmas, the aunties, the mothers, the coaches, the teachers, those mother figures who nurtured us did something special. They shaped and formed us. And we need to be able to celebrate them. We need to let them know how special they are, how truly anointed they were in our life. And many of us, we're here because our grandmas and great-grandmas and our aunties and mamas never stopped praying that we would be people of faith. And I think it's incredible. It's incredible. The power of a prayer from a grandma or a mother, an auntie, or someone who nurtured us. One of the ways that we celebrate is through showing honor. And I love the way that the Jewish people understood honor. Even in the Ten Commandments, they were taught to honor their father and mother. And sometimes we translate that to be, do what your father or mother tells you to do. But that's not the way the Hebrew people understood it. They understood honor as taking it farther. It's almost like a baton. Or like you have been handed a baton from the previous generation and your job is to take it farther, to be healthier, to be more spiritually in tune, to live out your faith with more urgency and dependency because of the tools and the resources that the previous generation was able to give to you. But here's the truth. Not all of us started at the same place. If you think about the generations, I mean, the way I like to think about it is, is maybe there's the 10 as like the ultimate goal, you know, like the, like the healthiest, most emotionally intelligent, spiritually rich family. And there's probably families that we know that are nowhere close to that. It's just filled with spiritual dysfunction, emotional trauma and abuse and brokenness and addiction. And if here's like somewhere middle of the road, every one of us was born somewhere in this grid. Now think about this. I think about your grandparents. Your grandparents. What if your grandparents kind of were born into a season where there was much stress? much addiction, much struggle. We'll say that they were born in at like a negative four. And your grandparents, they, they learned whatever they could learn. They decided we, we don't want that for our kids. And so they tried their very best. And they had kids and they instilled the best that they could. They went to church. They taught their kids the scriptures. They taught their kids good stewardship. They taught their kids good work ethic. And then their kids like took that baton and started moving up, moving forward. And then you were born 
into a family system out of four. And two generations, you progressed eight clicks forward from the baton that your grandparents were handed. But for some people, for some people, that's not their experience. For some people, their experience is maybe not going up eight clicks, but maybe, maybe they went down. Maybe they were handed a pretty decent baton, but somehow they just kind of ran off. Neglect, abandonment, struggle, abuse, and they ended up going backwards in the story. And the beautiful thing is, is God can redeem all broken batons. God can redeem all things because God is a God of second and third and fourth and fifth chances. But I want you to understand the Hebrew people instilled this to say, no, no, no. What we want to be is we want to be the kind of people who just keep honoring and helping our kids grow emotionally, physically, mentally, financially, spiritually to be all who they could be. For not just them, but for the betterment of the community and the betterment of humanity. If you had to show honor to the woman who has most nurtured you, to your mother, to your grandmother, to your aunt, to a coach, to a teacher, I don't know, to a pastor, what would you say to them? And I hope that this weekend, we can be a weekend that can really mourn with those who mourn. But I'm praying and I'm challenging you, Heartland, that you would also be the kind of church that would rejoice with those who rejoice and that you would speak life and truth into the women who have poured into you and have given so sacrificially to you. What would you say to them? And I hope you wouldn't say like, oh, like you're like good. You're like a good. You're a good No, 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 no. I want you to be descriptive. I want you to talk about what they meant to you, what they taught you, what they gave to you in that baton and how you want to take it farther. Sometimes I have the privilege to officiate a wedding and I always tell the bride and the groom that you are a gift to each other from on high, that God gave you to one another and that you will serve as a mirror to each other's beauty and brokenness and If someday you decide and are privileged to have kids, that your kids will be a mirror to your parents' beauty and brokenness. You will get to discover as you raise these young kids how your parents raised you and how they instilled in you beauty and brokenness. And from that, you get to kind of say, this is what I want to pass on to my kids. The kind of baton I want to hand to my kids, how I want to honor my mother, how I want to honor my father and take it even farther. Words are powerful. I was talking to my wife about just kind of the difficulties of Mother's Day weekend. She said something really, really fascinating. She said, often as a mom, often as a woman, I feel as if I'm not enough and I'm way too much all in the same sentence. And it floored me because I realized that's how so many people feel. Not enough or way too much, all in the same sentence. And as I was hearing my wife say these words, I was reminded of a Dove commercial that aired a few years back where 
these moms came in, sat in a room, and there was a phone. It was on speaker. And on the other line was this forensic artist who was asking this mom questions about how she looked. Uh, what were her features of her face? What features did she like? What was the color of her hair? And this forensic artist started sketching what he heard this mother say about herself. The mother gets up, leaves, and unbeknownst to the mom, the daughter comes in. The forensic artist asks the same questions of the daughter, and the answers that the daughter gave are just filled with delight, beauty. It's like easy for this forensic artist to, to, to kind of sketch out. And then they throw this art show, and there's this gallery, and they're filled with these like sketches of these two kind of pieces of art. One of the mother in the way that she has described herself, and one of the mother in the way that her daughter has described her. And then the mother and the daughter walk into this art show, and the mom sees herself and sees the gap between how she views herself and how her daughter actually sees her. And the emotion, it's so real. It's so beautiful. It's so deep. And I realize that for so many of the women in our culture, for so many of the women at Heartland, for so many of the nurturers who have given so much to us, they often feel not enough and way too much all in the same sentence, which then takes me back to Genesis chapter 3. When the woman and the man are hiding because of a choice that they made and God is coming after them and he simply asks the question, where are you? And he's not asking where their GPS location is. He's, he's asking a deeper question. Where's the person I created? The person who had security? The person who like bears my image? Where's that person? And then the next question that God asks is, who told you that? Who told you that you were naked? Because the man and the woman begin to describe why they were hiding and why they've decided to cover themselves up as they were trying to cover their shame up. And God asked, who told you that? And I've begun to recognize that often for many of us, male and female, mothers and fathers, sons and daughters, every day we are assaulted with these messages about how we need to look, how we need to be, how we need to perform, how we need to be. And I often wonder if God's just whispering, who told you that? My wife's amazing mother. We have a little six-year-old daughter. Her name's Mercy June Carter. She runs our house. But Mercy, if you ask her, who are you? This is what she'll say. I'm Mercy June Carter. I'm a daughter of the king. I'm Mercy June Carter. I'm a daughter of the king. And I love this because my wife wanted to instill that message within her, knowing that these messages and attacks are going to come after her. And women of Heartland, sisters of Heartland, mothers of Heartland, nurturers of Heartland, pastors of Heartland, prayer warriors of Heartland, may you know you are a daughter of the King. 
And I dream of a day when we can have a forensic artist and I can have all of the women of Heartland and they can begin to describe themselves to this forensic artist and with security and with confidence they know they are enough because of what Jesus did for them. And they know that they are not too much for Jesus. They are not too much for us as men. They are not too much for their families because they are daughters of the King. They are filled with the Holy Spirit and God has has given them spiritual gifts to lead, to teach, to shepherd, mercy gifts, to serve, hospitality gifts, administration gifts, leadership gifts. They have them so that more and more people will understand the nurturing heart of God. And this is what I want us to do, Heartland. I want us to reach out to those who are mourning, But I also want us to be really, really clear in the ways that we honor the women of Heartland, the mothers and nurturers in our story. I want you to look at them and I want you to tell them how much they mean to you. How much they matter to you. How you want to honor them moving forward. And it might be to your mom. It might also be to your grandma. It might also be to a teacher. It might also be to a pastor or a woman who has influenced you. But this weekend, would you let them know? Because for so many, they feel like they're not enough and they're way too much. All in the same sentence. And by your words and by the words that are found in the scriptures, let's remind our sisters, that they are daughters of the King and they have so much worth and that they are enough and they are never not too much. Can we do that, Heartland? And I think if we can do this, we will embody what it means to rejoice with those who rejoice and mourn with those who mourn. And in doing that, we will make this a really, really powerful and meaningful weekend. Let's pray. God, thank you. Thank you for what you're doing in our in the church. Thank you for the ways in which these women of Heartland, these prayer warriors, and many of us wouldn't be where we are if it wasn't for the praying grandmas. I just pray that they feel your blessing this weekend. God, I pray that they are surprised by the words that come out of their kids' and grandkids' mouths. I pray that they are surprised when they pick up the phone or answer the FaceTime call or or jump on Zoom and see their son, their daughter, their friend speak a word into their life, call out that image of God that you so beautifully placed within them. God, may it be so. And God, I pray for so many, so many who are just struggling Struggling in sadness and unfair loss and unmet expectations and desires that haven't come to fruition yet. God, I pray that we would have the courage to pick up the phone, to reach out to them, and just sit with them. And let them know that we're here. To weep with them, to sit with them, and to do as your son so beautifully modeled. To come be with us and to walk with us. God, I pray that you would move this weekend. We love you and all God's people, wherever you are, whatever living room, kitchen you are in, may we all say amen. 
Grace and peace. Much love, Heartland. This is the Heartland Community Church Podcast. Steve Carter's message today is making space for both. If you'd like to experience the entire service this message came from, go to heartland.cc and click on the watch page. Or you can go to the Heartland Community Church YouTube channel, or you can watch it on the Heartland app. Search Heartland CC in the App Store.